Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Brian O'Neill. And Brian is a successful real estate investor, author, coach, and a fellow podcast host. He hosts the show W2 Prison Break, so you'll want to be sure to check out his podcast and say hi to him over there. He's also spent over 25 years in corporate sales, 17 of those with the same company in a high trouble job. And after going through a life transformation and with the help of mentors and coaches, he was able to break from his W-2 job and start in the business of his dreams. And he's also the creator of 777 Life Transformation Method to help those around him transform their life, create new habits and achieve their visions for the future. So Brian, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Eileen. Thanks for the introduction. And I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Brian, can you share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? Yes. Well, as you had mentioned, I came in from corporate America, 25 years. I was in corporate sales right out of college. My download, like a lot of people who are in real estate, the download was, hey, Brian, make sure you get good grades and go to a good school. And when you get out of school, Try to find a company with a good management training program and work there for as long as you can, climb the corporate ladder. And maybe one day, if you have enough money in your retirement account, you'll get to live to the end of your life. I mean, I was totally prepared for that, right? Like that was my download. That's what I was fed. I didn't see anything wrong with that. And when I started to go through all of that, like I lived it, right? I got good grades. I went to good school. I worked for Enterprise Rent a Car because I had a good management training program. And as I started to advance in my sales career, I realized I was good at sales. As I started to advance, I realized, okay, there's only so far I can go here without having to start trading my time for dollars, right? And it just didn't feel right. Like everything that I had learned, everything that I was taught by my parents, it's just like, this doesn't feel right. There's something more for me. And I think like a lot of people, Eileen, that who, when they have children, you definitely start to think differently. And as my job, unfortunately, was super high travel. So I was flying 100,000 miles a year. I was gone every other week. And my son, at the time, he was super young. I would miss him grow up. I'd come back. Hey, he's saying different words. He looks different. He's talking different. And it was just, I said to myself, if I continue down this path, I'm going to miss half of his life. And then he got older. As he got older, he started to voice his opinion. I mean, your kids are watching you. They're paying attention. They know what's going on. We don't give them enough credit for that. He said, hey, dad, I don't like this whole flying thing. I don't like when you're gone. And I had been trying to start a real estate business. I actually named my real estate business seven years prior to actually doing my first deal and incorporating. So when he told me that, and then coupled with the fact that I was already pretty mad at myself for not chasing my dreams. Like that was the straw that broke the camel's back. So I stopped being afraid. He gave me the courage to quit being afraid with the self-limiting beliefs. I went and hired a coach. I went and found someone who was doing exactly what I wanted to do. And as a result of that, I committed and I had a very strong developed why with my son. I did my first real estate deal after trying for probably seven years. Because again, I had named my business. I did my first deal in four months and I quit my job nine months later after I made those two big moves. 
It's really interesting when, like you mentioned, when you have kids, something in you just flips the switch. And I think also because you see how quickly kids, their milestones are so much more parent as you go along. And so a couple of days, like being away from them, they develop so quickly. And so a couple of days, a couple of months, weeks, everything just moves so quickly for them. And so not being able to see those major milestones as a parent is definitely challenging. It was. And I just said to myself, I said, I'll be damned if I'm going to miss this kid grow up. I got one shot. I'll never get it back. He's my only child. And I just made a decision. I said, I'm not here to be someone who is in corporate America. I'm here to be a dad. Like That's why I'm here. I'm here to be a dad. I'm here to be a father. I'm here to be a good husband. I'm not here to make a ton of money. Like That's part of it. I want to, but that's why I'm here. And I never looked at it that way. And like you said, when you have kids, you gain perspective. So why did you decide on real estate to begin with? Because you said you also got coaches and mentors as well, but why real estate? Great question. I've always been fascinated with it. I did a lot of learning. So I did, I was in an analysis paralysis mode for a long time. So I learned, I actually wanted to do multifamily. I was really interested in multifamily. I knew that it was going to be my path to wealth, right? And getting out of my job. I had just been fascinated by real estate in general. I loved the numbers and the taxes and just everything about it. And so I was looking at doing multifamily deals. I was trying to do a bunch of deals on my own. I was just too scared. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to lose money, which I had. I didn't want to lose other people's money. I didn't want to ask other people for money. And that's when I discovered creative financing. Like it just kind of came across my feed. Like I was listening to a podcast that was dedicated to multifamily. And then my coach comes on the show talking about how he bought his commercial office building on owner financing with no banks. And I said, that's what I need. And I went to him and fast forward four years later, he's my coach. He helped me out of my job. And now I coach with him in his real estate mastermind. So it's really kind of amazing what can happen when you just start making a a couple of moves here. Not major stuff. I wasn't jumping off a hundred story foot buildings. I just made a couple of moves that I was too afraid to make 10 years prior to that. So talk us through that first deal and that creative financing. How did you come across the deal? And what kind of strategy did you utilize? Sure. Okay. Awesome question. So I remember everyone remembers their first deal, right? And I actually remember all of them. But the first one was someone who was trying to sell their property. And this was pre-COVID. This was right before COVID hit. So this is early 2020. And she had bought another property. She bought another house. She already closed on it. And she couldn't sell her house. So her listing agreement with her realtor had expired and reached out to them. We called them. I left the message. She called me back two weeks later. She's like, yeah, I'm just returning voice messages. I said, is your house for sale? She says, yes. And she told me the situation. She couldn't sell. And so I bought it on what's referred to as a lease option, right? So I basically take over the responsibilities of the property, right? I pay her mortgage every month. I lock in her equity. She just gets it later. So we locked in an equity number. We locked in a term. I closed on it. I placed a lease to own buyer in the house. And I've since cashed that house out. But that was my first deal. I remember my first check. I think I got about... It was $6,000. And I thought it was still working my W-2. And it wasn't a significant amount of money. But the fact that I had been trying so hard for so long to do a deal. And the first check on that deal was that amount. It was just like the greatest feeling in the world because now it was like, okay, hey, I can do this. It works. And then from there, I was just kind of unstoppable. 
So how did you come up with the lease option to begin with? And how did you pose that to the seller originally? And why did that make sense for her? Sure. So it made sense for her because number one, she couldn't sell her house, right? And then when COVID came, it got even worse. I mean, people froze when COVID hit. It's like they didn't know what to do. So she couldn't get the price she wanted. She didn't need the money out of the house. Let's just say she had maybe thirty or forty thousand in equity. And I said, okay, look, I can give that to you. I'm just going to give it to you three years from now. All right. So you can go live in the other place. She couldn't carry two mortgage payments. That was her thing. I solved that problem for her, which was the two mortgage payments. She didn't need the money. She was willing to wait for it. So that's how simple it was. I said, hey, look, this is what I can do. She was like, all right, two weeks. We I went and we signed the agreement. And I solved her problem. She got to move on. She didn't have to worry about the house. And in the end, it worked out for her because she got, ended up getting her money because the buyer that I placed in the home bought the house. The seven years before you did that first deal, what changed during that time that brought you the first deal that you were able to get into? Okay. A lot changed. I'll try to do this fast and highlight it. But And people ask us all the time, like, hey, Brian, well, how did you do it? Like, You make it sound so easy. And I said, no, 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 it wasn't easy. You don't know what I've been going through for the last seven to 10 years or longer, right? So I think one of the first things that really changed for me, I told you about my son, but I got to this point of acceptance, right? Where I said, okay, look, I'm not happy where I am right now. My life is not where I want it to be. And that's okay. I'm going to own it. I'm here because of me, not because of somebody else, not because of my boss, not because of my anybody else. Like it's me. I made the decisions, right? Hard for a lot of people to do. Most people are not willing to do that. And then I just said, okay, look, I, I there's nothing I can do about the last 40 years. I've got to figure out what I want to do moving forward. And I got clear on that. And then I hired a coach. I said, look, I've been trying to do it this way by myself for a long time with zero results. So I'm going to stop doing that. So I hired somebody. I got part of, around people that thought the way that I want, that I was thinking. And I surrendered. Like I walked into the virtual door, if you will, and just said, hey, look, I don't know anything. You guys know this. It's proven. I'm going to listen to whatever you say to a T. I'm not going to listen to seven out of 10 things. I'm going to listen to 10 out of 10 things. And I'm going to commit and I'm going to focus and I'm going to get it done. So that's really the difference, the shift in the mindset. And as a result of that, I was able to have success relatively quickly. So after that first deal, you said nine months later, you decided to make the decision to leave your W-2 job. Walk us through what was going on in your mind from that first deal to the time you actually made the decision to leave. Yeah, super scary by the way, because I was in corporate for 25 years. So this is all I knew. So even at the nine month point, I was just at the point where, hey, if I don't make this move, I'm going to go backwards because I had a bunch of houses that I had purchased, a bunch of deals that I had done. And I had maybe not necessarily replaced my income, but we were in a position to where we were good. We had a nice runway. And I said to my wife, I said, I think it's time to leave. I think it's time to quit and to do this full time. And when it came time to, I was still super scared. I was like, okay, what am I going to say to my employer? And what about the health benefits? And what about the retirement account? I mean, all the stuff that we think is important and matters. And then I called up my coach and I said to him, hey, I think I'm going to quit, but I'm just really scared. And he told me, he said, Brian, I'll never forget this. I say this all the time. He's like, Brian, your job is the risk. The risk is you staying in that job and not doing this. I thought about it for a second. I said, okay, yeah, he's right. He's 100% right. At this point, I had done maybe like 10 or 11 deals. 
So I had 11 streams of income, right? I had 11 properties that were paying me and I have one W-2 job. So like if one of the houses goes bad and they don't pay me, I still got 10 streams of income. But if I lose my job, I have zero. And he made that clear to me. And I said, okay, well, this is what I need to do. So it was just, again, another mindset shift and the importance of mentoring and coaching and how getting around the right people can really change the weight that you think. But I was able to do it. It was a daunting conversation, but they were happy for me. They said, hey, yeah, we get it. We appreciate you. I thought it was going to be like, hey, what's going to happen? The company's going to go out of business because Brian doesn't work here anymore. It's just crazy. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So Brian, you said that you had 11 deals. Was that 11 deals within the nine months? Yeah, within the nine months. Yeah, I was up until that point. And that was enough for me to be able to leave. I didn't fully cover my income, but I was close. I was close and on a cash flow basis. But the way that we exit these properties, I was able to... like I had enough coming to me where I know this is going to work out. How did you find those 11 deals? And how were you able to purchase that many properties in such a short amount of time? Yeah. So I think COVID was a bit of a perfect storm type situation. A lot of people didn't work out for them during COVID. I feel bad for them. But again, this is another piece of coaching and mentoring. When the shutdown happened, my coach stood up in front of the mastermind and said, hey, don't freeze. Don't freeze. Double down. That's what I did. I made more calls. We're typically, Eileen, calling sellers that are actively trying to sell. So people who are expiring with their agents, they're canceling their contracts for sale by owners. Sometimes we'll call for rent by owners. We will call on targeted lists like free and clear properties. I mean, there's just all different types of sellers that you can call. And we're just trying to find the ones that have pain, have problems, right? That the conventional market can't solve. And we just continue to do that every day. I mean, I'm on this podcast. I have a team of VAs that are calling people, right? Or following up. So we're just constantly doing that. And if you do that enough and stick with it, the deals are going to constantly be placed in front of you. And so the 11 deals, was that all using creative financing? All of them, every one of them. So we either do creative financing, so owner financing, lease option, or seller financing, or subject to if they have a loan. Yep, everything's been done. Now I'm looking at, I branched out, I'm starting to branch out into other stuff, but everything, all of those were all done that way, very specific way. So once you left your sales corporate job, Mm -hmm. after that, what had happened and how did you continue to grow your business from there? And did you pivot into other asset classes or did you continue on the single family path? Okay. So how did my business continue to grow? I started investing in human capital, number one. That was something that I didn't do fast enough. So I have a team, right? Because you can't typically the CEO or the business owner blocks the business from moving forward. So I had to kind of get out of the way, worked on systems and processes and getting the right people and trusting them and kind of stepping aside so that I could do other things like start my podcast and 
start a coaching business. And I also coach for the real estate group that I'm associated with. And that's what I've discovered, Eileen, is really what super passionate about. I've discovered why I'm here. And that's to inspire people. That's to help people. That's to basically, I think of the younger version of myself. Like, what would I say to that person 20 years ago, right? Who was just knew that there was something more, but didn't know where to start. Like, what's the first step, right? Like, how do you get over the fear? So that's really where I'm looking at now. I will say this too, because of the skills that I've developed with creative financing, I am always looking at different types of deals. We're looking at a commercial building right now that my wife is opening up a dance studio. We're looking at buying the building. I'm looking at multifamily units here in Chicago. So we are getting into bigger, bigger deals. And it's just a result of the last four years. I have more confidence. I have more contacts. I have more connections. And I have more belief that I can do it. So as an entrepreneur yourself, going from a schedule-driven company that dictated how you performed your day-to-day activities, tasks, and things like that in the corporate world, and going now to setting your own schedule as an entrepreneur. I want to talk a little bit about your 777 life transformation method. And Mm -hmm. how does that apply to other entrepreneurs as well? And walk us through a little bit of the process. Yeah. So it's seven steps. And I named it 777 because it's seven. People ask me, hey, how did you do it, Brian? And I had to think about it. So I followed these seven steps seven days a week for seven years. And that's how I was able to live a phenomenal life. And I'm still working on this. I'll never stop doing this, right? And I just think that some of the things that I was missing and some of the things that are missing from people's lives that I coach or that I look to coach or even brand new business owners is first and foremost, they have a lack of vision. They don't know where they want to go. They don't know what they want to do. And they just know that they don't like where they're at, right? And they just think that simply doing something different is going to fix all of that. And it's not. It's a big mistake. So I'm huge on life vision and planning. And I spend a lot of time with clients that I coach on this vision piece. Because if you don't know where you're going to go seven, five to 10 years from now, let's just say, Eileen, then you don't know what decisions and action items or what to shoot for, what targets to shoot for right now to get you there. You have to understand where you're going. And the plan, the vision for your life, that plan is the most important plan you'll ever make. We'll spend, well, weeks planning a vacation. We'll spend time making reservations and plans with our friends and family and whatnot, but we won't do this most critical plan, which is the the plan for our life. So that's the advice I would give to anybody, whether you're in business or whether you're a W-2 employee, is to make sure that you set the time aside to figure out where it is that you want to go in this life. So what's next for you, Brian? What's next for me? I finally have figured out what it is that I'm here for. And I touched on it a little bit earlier, which is through my podcast, the W-2 Prison Break Show, I know that I'm meant here to inspire people, to help people, to educate people, to give them the tools, to give them the confidence and the knowledge to make them understand like, hey, I'm not better than you. I'm not different than you. I'm just doing different things, right? We're all capable. We all have something inside of us. We all have greatness inside of us. And I'm just an inspired guy. Like when I hear stuff like that from other people, like I get motivated. And I just want to be able to deliver that message to as many people as I can. That's why I'm here. And obviously, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, and that stuff really, really, really matters to me. I love the fact that I get to wake up every day and see my son. 
right? And my wife, and I don't have to be on airplanes. It's, like, it's the greatest feeling in the world. If there's one thing that you would say, hey, what's so great about being a business owner? What's so great about making your schedule? It's that right there. So I usually ask, how has real estate investing impacted your life? But I think you covered it right there. But is there anything else that you'd like to add? Yeah, I would say maybe a final thought or takeaway is, is I have this quote that I love and I remember where I heard it, but it's very relevant. And I think that if you fully understand it, then maybe it'll give you some hope and some inspiration. The quote is this, if you turn the ship just a tiny bit, end up in a completely different place. And if you think about a boat in a vast ocean, right? You're charting a course from, let's say, Florida to Africa, right? You're going, you're charting the course. If you just turn just a tiny bit to the left over a long period of time, consistent path, you're going to end up in like Iceland or something. So it's just these, like a metaphor for life. Like if you just make these little teeny shifts, you don't have to do huge things and stay with it consistently, you're going to get to where you want to go. So Brian, what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I would love to say that it was easy because it isn't. I just think that and it's difficult, right? It's, it's challenging to be in real estate. If it wasn't, everyone would do it. But I was so much more capable of doing it than I gave myself credit for. I thought it was too hard. I thought it was going to be difficult. And it's a lot easier than I thought it was. I thought it was going to be the most difficult thing ever. Like, I can't do this at all. It's never going to work for me. And I still hear that. I still hear people saying that all the time. And it's not that easy. It's just the hardest thing is the first step. Once you do that, then the next one reveals itself and typically so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, maybe you got 10 or 11 houses and you could quit your job. Or maybe you got a 50-unit apartment building, whatever. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I love that question. One thing. One thing. I think giving yourself a realistic timeline, right? I had a woman on my podcast. She's involved in probate investing. She does wholesaling for probate. It's very targeted, very niche. And she said to me, she says, Brian, follow-up is everything. And I knew this from my sales career, but she said, 80% of your deals are going to come after the fifth attempt. And 90% of your competitors are going to quit after the third try. So if you can just simply stick with it, you're going to win simply just because everyone else is going to quit. And I know this to be true, that stat. I know it to be true. And that would be my number one thing is like, hey, if you just don't give up, there's no way you're not going to succeed. And I'd love to follow up on that really quick. When would it be a good time to actually give up? Or is there ever a good time to give up if you're going down the path and you're not seeing the traction, you're not seeing the results? Is there ever a right or wrong time to give up or pivot to something else? I think if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then yes. I had a gentleman on my podcast that said, hey, look, it's, sometimes it's okay to cash it in, right? If it's something that you're not passionate about, or maybe the business is losing money and you're just not getting the result. But if you're surrounded by the right people and you're doing what you're supposed to do, and you're trying different things and not just doing the same thing over and over with no results, then it might be time to do something different, especially if it's not lighting you up, right? Great question. I love that. I hope I answered it. Well. No, absolutely. Thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate that. So Brian, for you, how can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah. Again, I would love for people to check out the show, the W2 Prison Break show. I think the easiest way for any of the listeners to learn more about me, just go to my website, w2prisonbreak.com. There's a lot of free content, free stuff that I have on there that they can grab. 
and check out the show there as well. That would be the best place. Fantastic. Brian, thank you so much for all of your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You did a great job and I appreciate all the the insightful questions. They made me think. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.